Who wrote this shit is pre-recorded and due to this may not be able to address events when they occur. With that being said, who wrote this shit would like to share a special message in light of recent events. In Atlanta, Georgia, Tuesday, March 16th, 2021, a white supremacist targeted three different massage parlors and killed eight people during a mass shooting resulting in the deaths of 33-year-old Delena Ashley Yon, 54-year-old Paul Andre Michaels, 44-year-old Dao Yong Fong, 49-year-old Zhao Zhe Tan, 74-year-old Sun Chong Park, 51-year-old Hyung Chong Grant, 69-year-old Sun Cha Kim, and 63-year-old Yong E Yu. Asian hate crimes have been on the rise in light of specific and dangerous rhetoric in response to COVID-19. It's important to remember that despite the pandemic, racism, and hate crimes against Asian people have always occurred within the United States and around the world. This hate crime highlights the pervasiveness of racism, xenophobia, and misogyny that still runs deep within the United States. Who Wrote This Shit stands with the Asian American and Pacific Islander community, as well as all BIPOC communities. If you are looking for ways to help, volunteer, donate, or learn about Asian history in the United States, we will have links to assorted resources in our link tree. Disclaimer. Who Wrote This Shit is a comedy podcast where three friends talk about bad books. Opinions are subjective, but if we hurt anyone's feelings, we apologize in advance. Also, there are times where we talk about graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. So, welcome everyone to Who Wrote This Shit, where three three wines, my god, you can tell I just woke up from that. Uh, where three friends drink bad wine, talk about bad books, and why we make these bad decisions. Uh, so, oh, spoilers. We do spoil books, so if you don't like that, don't listen. I'm Erin. I'm Hope. I'm Juniper. And we are going to be talking about Midnight Sins, the Callahan's book one by Laura Lee. We are gathered here today to mourn the time each and every one of us took to read this horribly sexist, statutory, and suspect book. (laughs) We tried to do a full episode on it, but it was so awful, we decided to hit the fast track. (laughs) It was also probably the most boring podcast I listened to. It was so awful trying to edit that like oh my god i could have fallen asleep listening to that episode that we did it was boring it's boring it was bad none of us were interested in it so we decided we're just going to talk about the summary and the main issues of the story that we had with it from the last episode yes. sweet concise bada bing bada boom bada bing Here bada boom okay So the story summary is, 
There's a series of women's deaths and rapes that are connected to Rayford Callahan, borderline alcoholic useless marine. And everyone thinks him and his cousins did it, including the sheriff or whatever. He was banging Cammie's older sister, Jamie, when she was killed outside the Callahan property. He promises to take care of Cammie, but gets deployed because he's a marine or something. Anyway, he has the hots for Cammie at a very statutory age of 13 or 14 or 15. It's never clear. He waits for her to be of legal age, and then they start bumping uglies, too. A lot of nothing happens, and then Cammie starts getting phone calls saying to stay away from Rayford, but won't tell anyone because... Oh, you can't you can't hear me shrug, so I'm going to say shrug. She doesn't want to worry anyone about it after her miscarriage and shit. Any hoosies, the killer comes after her twice, and Rafer and his super tough marine cousins are useless pretty much both times. And it turns out the killer slash rapist was a high school English teacher or some shit. Not included in the summary. <laughs> chapters upon chapters a mind-numbing fucking happening between a barely legal cami and a probably late 30s year rafer. Well done, Hope. That is probably the best, best summer. summer. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fucking good. I think you hit all the important important points. All I, right, shall we? All I wanted was to be succinct. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, shall we start with issue number one? Rafe is hella sus, and no one seems to care. All right. <laughs> I don't, we didn't really plan how we were going to do this, but. So he well, meets Cam. I mean, the first thing is that he's attracted to a 13-year-old girl. And they just, yeah, like, he... they made it so casual. Just like, yeah, no big deal. Dude's attracted to a 13-year-old. Like, shit, she doesn't even have tits yet. What's funny in the book is, like, That's she was gross. starting puberty. And, like, all of her stuff was starting to come in. But at least he waited to give her her first kiss when she was 18 at prom. When yeah, he took her to prom. Mean, like, no big deal. Wait, he was 20 when she was 13. He was 23 when she was 18. That's seven years apart, right? Am I doing my math right? I think so. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> he started being attracted... To her when she was 13 years old. He kindly waited until she was 18 to give her her first kiss, but that is also what we would call grooming. So none of it is on the level. Not a single bit of what he did was on the level, and the book acts like it's a, to a total, like, casual thing. Like, no big deal. This girl's like, having a tragedy of a life, and there's a full-grown man grooming her. <laughs> like, I don't... The entire book, everybody hates Rafer and his cousins, and it sounds like they had every fucking reason to hate them. Yeah. Especially Rafe. Like, he's a rapey little... 
fucking piglet of a man. But, like, they also don't try to, like, make people like them. They go, like, if someone's like, you're an asshole, they're like, let me show you how much of an asshole I am. And they just take it from one to a hundred in, like, three seconds to prove to people that they're assholes instead of being like, but we're not. Yeah. Yeah. And then second point was why is the author using violence against women to drive our plots and some examples we have is jessica jones game of thrones and like the majority of superhero shows where something happens to a woman most of the time and then the the story starts moving yeah, like the motivation behind the superhero becoming a superhero is because something horrible happened to a woman in their life. Like in Deadpool, you know, his like girlfriend slash wife or whatever she was died, which sort of like pushed the plot forward. But it's, it's not like isolated to just superhero shows like Jessica Jones. And, and like, Deadpool and stuff. They do it all over the place. It's, yeah. It's just part of the culture. And I it's guess... It's just, oh, something bad happened to a woman. Yeah, and I guess the point to drive home there is, like, nothing happens until chapter 16 where Cammy gets fucking attacked, and that's where things start to pick up. And instead of, like, having her be the... Sorry, my cat's climbing on my couch, and she almost fell off, so she's fine. It's all good. We're all fine. So it's like, she could have been a private investigator to look into her sister's death, right? Her sister's murder, and then use that to drive the story. And then the killer could be making these phone calls being like, hey, don't be digging into this. Like, if you keep digging, I'm going to have to kill you instead of... Hey, I need you to stop sleeping with Brave. Otherwise, I'm going to kill you. Like, kill, like, threaten to kill her over something important. Instead of just something stupid, like she's sleeping with a fucking guy. Yeah. Like, that could have driven yeah. the story. Because no one's looking at, like, no one looked into these murders to see, like, who really did it. They said there were two people, but they were good with the one guy that died. Like, there's no reason why, she, like, she had to become a school teacher. So, that really... Sucked. Yeah. So, the movie doesn't... The, <laughs> the movie... The book doesn't start until she gets attacked by the killer. <sighs> So, point three, <laughs> Rafe was banging Cammy's sister, and they took the term Eskimo sister too damn far. Indeed. Indeed. So, Jamie? Uh, just from, like, a personal standpoint, yeah. I am not a huge fan of the idea of, um... Rafe just bumping from one sibling to the next. I think it's weird. I think 
Tammy should have thought it was weird. I don't get it. There, it it's an absolute red flag. Well, it's... Yeah. yeah, but I think that's also Jamie's fault because she started sleeping with Rafe because Rafe was her husband's best friend and her husband died overseas. So she wanted to be close to her I husband, but I don't understand why... Cammy, I don't know. I personally would never want to sleep with someone my sister slept with. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So. <laughs> now look, I get, I get the whole, oh my gosh, my sister is dating this person and I've always had such a crush on him. Oh my god, I'm 12, you know, like. Yeah. I get that. But when it turns into Rafer, Rafe, Rafer? His name is Rafer, but everybody calls him Rafe, except for Cammy. Only Cammy can call him Rafer. It's dumb. It's stupid. Either way, so Rafer decides that he's, it's basically, he's taking advantage of a girl who is traumatized yeah. and he knows that she has a crush on him. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was obvious. Very obvious. Everybody He's knew advantage of that. Yeah. It's just gross. It's from any way you look at it. So on to point B, the whole book is pretty sexist. In my opinion, the whole, like, I mean, it kind of feeds back into the whole, like, the plot depending on violence against women to drive it forward. Mm -hmm. um, but Cammie herself, like, the character is pretty one-dimensional and useless, and she basically can't defend herself against anything and has to re resort to um, using anybody willing to help her yeah. rather than fighting for herself so it's just one of those like damsel in distress stories that I think we've heard over and over and over again and are tired of well it's like she even if when they're there to protect her she still gets fucked up somehow people are still able to break into her house and fuck her up with three marines there and that kind of goes yeah, into I the mean, next point. Marines my yeah. ass. Yeah. Like, the dad keeps breaking into the fucking house, and they just let him. The killer breaks into her house, and, like, you have alarms. You have fucking cameras. You have three guys that are supposedly some of the best fucking Marines, and this shit happens. Yeah. It makes me mad. Yeah, it's like... And then Rafe it's comes frustrating in... frustrating from, like, a woman's point of view because I don't think... Even, like, looking at it realistically, I don't think most women would behave that way. Or no. allow themselves... Because, because again, like, her character is only there to drive the plot forward so that a man can come and save her and 
everything can be honky-dory because a man swooped in at the last minute to make sure that she's okay because she can't fucking take care of herself. Right, and and that's what happens at the end is, like, the killer's there pointing a gun at her and Rafe comes in at the very last fucking second and the guy shoots himself in the chest. And it's like, excuse me, I could have just knocked the fucking gun out of your hand. Oh, and her best friend snuck into, her best friend also snuck into the fucking house and is hiding in her bathroom. Comes out, and she could have just, like, knocked the guy out when her friend was, like, distracting him. She could have knocked out the fucking killer, but no. She didn't do anything. She can't do anything. She's fucking useless, and the author wants us to think that she's this independent woman who don't need no man, when it's like, apparently she does. She can't fucking do shit by herself. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, it's just like another one of those super tropey plots that people get tired of having to see. Yeah. And I guess another... Go ahead, Hope. Oh, what's the other thing? No, go for it, Hope. You can say it. No, I was just going to go into the next um, issue, so... Do it. You say whatever you were going to say. I was also going to go into the next issue. Okay. (laughs) So so you do it. The next issue is, and some people may not agree because maybe this is the reason they're reading the book, but... Too much sex. There's like three plus chapters of endless fucking. And at what point? At what point is it too? Uh, is it too much? I, what? I, what do you think, Aaron? <laughs> well, as, as the person who read it, it was a, it was very exhausting. It wasn't so much that there were like. Two chapters, like, two sections of two chapters of them just fucking each other. It was, like, how violent they were towards each other. Because it was, like, they didn't want to do it, but they, but the author was, like, but you have to do it. And so it was, like, continuously fighting sex scenes. You know what I mean? Where, like, the author, where, like, the characters are like, I don't want to be with you, but I can't stop feeling for you. And it's just, like, a battle of wills. (laughs) Am I making sense? Uh, And they were repetitive. Sounds so toxic. It's a, to me, it's a toxic relationship because neither of them are willing to talk to each other about their issues, to fucking communicate. So the sex scenes are repetitive and they're long, and I think that's why they're so fucking exhausting to read. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, they weren't good sex scenes. I don't want to have sex like that. Ugh. And just keep going. Don't you need, like, a break at some point? I don't know. <laughs> Not them. <laughs> Not them. They just keep going until get into an argument. 
but that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it okay. really is. Uh. So the next issue with the book was where did the pervy school teacher come from? Because it seemed like they came kind of out of left field. He is not mentioned at all in the book. Yeah. At all. His name's not dropped. I did a search. It ain't there. So the it ain't nowhere. The author was he just, just like, This'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's supposedly, like, Cammie's best friend and her best friend's best friend and a best friend to her sister. And I'm like, fucking where? Where was this person mentioned? The author was like, they'll never see this coming. <laughs> also, right, because she doesn't mention him anywhere, but also... If one of if you one of you two were calling me threatening to kill me as my best friend, I think I'd know right away that it was like you two calling me. You think you'd notice? I, I I think I would be able to I would be like either Hope or Juniper are threatening me. Cause you guys sound the same. But still it's like if I since I talk to you guys all the time I feel like I wouldn't have to think about it if my best friend was threatening to kill me. Well, her sister figured it out. It also took her sister a long ass time. <laughs> she didn't realize until, like, later. So the characters are just complete idiots on top of everything else. Well, and this was written in 2011, right? So yeah, was definitely... Fucking ways to figure this out in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> you could just like, like caller ID. Yeah. Star. Star 29. Isn't it Star? I thought it was Star 69. Yeah. I think it's Star 69. <laughs> yeah. He, his number was blocked. But I it's like. It's There's definitely not a way that I can figure out who's calling me. I can't call up my. <laughs> phone company and be like, hey, this person is threatening me. I need to know who this is. Okay, Whoa. so if someone God. calls me with that accent, I 100% know it's Juniper that's threatening me. <laughs> another, well, another thing is, like, our idiot, um, like, heroine throughout the book. Hello, Gonzo. We're just full of cats today. He, the, so, the main character for the book was getting these calls, but didn't want to tell anybody important about them. No, she did. She told the sheriff, and the sheriff was like, you should tell Rafe. And she's like, I don't want to tell Rafe, because I'm a strong, independent woman, and then I need to tell Rafe. It's just the dumbest shit. Yeah. It's not logical. No. Which no. I'm sure is what the author was going for. Because women can't possibly make unemotional decisions and take care of themselves. I'm, okay. as an unemotional woman, I make emotional decisions all the time. And also, I am dependent on David to feed me. And that's about it. <laughs> 
You should work on that. Um, you know, no, I like his food. I'll just, it'll be, it's fine. It'll be fine. The, so the next issue was if they ever fully explained why the killer hated Rafer so much. It wasn't so was much. some sort of like convoluted story about the property and... So from what I remember, the Crow, Rafer, and Logan, fuck, why do I remember these names? It was three weeks ago. The three cousins, their parents were going to make like a, like a ski resort kind of place on their property. And this is what is pulled together in the book. I don't know if this is what is found out like throughout the series, like if it's something else. But this is what the first book has decided. That the three parents, three sets of parents were killed because they wanted to build a resort. And then the grandparents decided to turn the whole town against them. And then the cousins decide that they're going to fulfill their parents' dreams by building a ski resort. There's no logical reason from A to 1 why the town hates the cousins. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no connection. Make any sense. Yeah. And, um, the next point is just that the writing was pretty subpar, and there was a lot of spots where um, the author was repeating themselves a lot. There was, yeah. So there wasn't any, like, there were descriptors, but they were repetitive. Like, she'll use a descriptor for, like, what Rafe's thinking, and then a couple sentences down, she just reused the same sentence. Like, she just forgot she used it. Lazy writing. Yeah. yeah. And it's... And this author goes through an editor. So I don't know why the editor didn't catch this. So it wasn't, like, garbage. Who's so in the case, editor? Let's find them. Let's hunt this editor down and let's give them what for. Yeah. Bye, Gonzo. So in case you guys didn't know, we're not recommending this book. Yeah, no. No. Fuck this book. It's Definitely terrible. not. <laughs> also, like, the book certainly would, like, trigger a lot of people. I think... The author wasn't super careful to, like, make sure. I mean, you don't necessarily have to make sure because that a lot of books use this plot point. But there was a lot of stuff in the book that could, like, potentially cause issues, be problematic, triggering... And it's not really written or dealt with in, like, a careful way, either. Well, it's not that it's not dealt carefully. It's not dealt respectfully. Because a lot of authors, when they put rape in their story, like, it's dealt respectfully towards the victim. Where this, it's, like, brutal... It's just a it's, way to, like, push the plot forward, and it's nothing it's, more. Yeah, and it's not handled well. 
Like, it, I haven't been put in that situation, and it triggered me. And if I haven't been put in that situation, it's hard to trigger me. I read a lot of true crime books and fiction crime books, and I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. So it's really hard to trigger me. And this did it. Yeah. So there's a warning for you. Yeah, which will probably be on the description of the episode anyway. Yeah, I'll have to put that on the website and yeah, on our on RSS feed. Yeah, we read it so that people don't have to. Well, I read it so no one else has I to. I read it so no one else has to. You're welcome. Well, I think that's it, ladies, unless there's, like, any other final notes. No, We're not going to... That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we wanted to treat this like a normal episode because we didn't want to talk about it for very long. Because um, it... uh, this uh, book was boring. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, super sexist and yeah. triggering. So, I don't know. That's something together that is... A very hard trifecta to make. Yeah. Yes. Boring, sexist, triggering. and triggering. But yeah. <laughs> good job. Good job. Anyway, if you were... don't recommend. One star. Yeah. Actually, no stars. I would. Zero stars. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is the end. Yes. For the Midnight Sins. The next book we're reading is The Boy and the Death Peddler by Dylan Saccoccio. Yeah, nailed it. Saccoccio? I'm sure it's not a real last name. It might be. Yeah, he's, it's, he's an actor. It's, it's like an actor. Thing. It's fine. <laughs> it's going to be a fun it's episode when we talk about that. But yeah, so feel free to read that one and just skip this one, and <laughs> we'll go from there. Yeah. No. All right. Wait. Well, Bye. goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Who Wrote This Shit. Our cover art is done by our very own Juniper Harvey Morose. Intro and outro music by Riley Tennyson. Editing by Aaron Poole and Hope Harvey Morose. You can follow us on Instagram under girlsbook3. If you have book recommendations, please feel free to email us at girlsbook3 at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share it. Episodes will also be uploaded to our website.